You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumare. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumare. Hey Mary, I discovered something. Yeah. If you want to turn into a big fat idiot, there's a way to do it. Just how do you know I'm not already a big fan? No, you're not a big fan <laughs> idiot. Maybe I am, but if you want to do it, the way to do it is consider running for the Republican nomination for president. And when you do that, you will start doing some of the darndest things. And I, I'm going to give you two quick examples. Mike Pompeo. Now, Mike actually has always been kind of a big fat idiot. So whatever. <laughs> he, he publishes a new book in which he chooses to take a good swing at, of all people, Ahmad Jamal. Uh, Kamal, Kamal, isn't it Kamal? Kamal Khashoggi, the uh, Washington Post reporter who uh, was killed and then chopped to pieces. And Pompeo says, he isn't all that. Don't be all that upset about it. You just wonder why you bother. And then if that's not enough, Ron DeSantis, I, I always hate to quote Trump and call him Ron DeSanctimonious, but <laughs> Ron, in a really interesting thing, the uh, college board, which administers uh, the AP, the Advanced Placement Test, introduced an AP class in uh, African-American history and heritage. Not, you know, a very controversial thing, I don't think, unless you're in Florida, where the governor in the state has just banned the teaching of that class because he can't make it clear enough, white people, white people, I am on your side, right? Do those two qualify as becoming a big fat idiot? Well, Sure. I mean, the thing that I don't understand, I mean, I guess I, I do, but I want to play dumb for a minute, is how the Republican Party has moved to this place. I don't know if you knew any uh, people during the Obama years who carried around this little constitution. It was like a pocket constitution. It was a kind of a weird thing. But they were super proud of it because they wanted to pull that constitution out, especially when they were talking about the guy who wasn't really an American. Yeah. And so, but they were constitutionalists. You know, that was how they were presenting. That's how the Republican Party, they were defenders of law and order and the constitution and all things good and American. So for taking Pompeo first, first of all, Taking on the press, basically the Washington Post, which is where Khashoggi worked, you have those journalists are in going insane about what he said. So maybe really what he, he wasn't taking on Khashoggi so much as he was taking on what he sees as the mainstream press. But he should be, if he's, you know, a right and good American for law and order and First Amendment rights and the Constitution, and you don't support overseas murderers murdering our people. Now, Khashoggi wasn't a citizen, but he was a permanent resident. Yeah. So that is stunning to me. 
The other part, we talk about DeSantis, and he's not the only one, and they're going into libraries. And you know librarians don't like that, John. I, they're probably no. all up in arms. Their national meeting is probably all about this. And schools and telling, you know, what you can teach and what books you can read. That is so antithetical. It's not ahistorical because this happens all the time in the United States by the know-nothings. But they were the ones that should have been defending freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom of association. And, you know, it's how we always talk about the dialectic, right? It's like, let all these ideas get out there and compete. And our ideas, because they're right and just, will be supreme. And they've moved into this other space of we do not want certain ideas to be out in the public square. Only our ideas are right and just. And that is, uh, I think it's a, a Republican Party that Ronald Reagan would not recognize. No, he would not recognize and he would not support. There is a, a brooding negativity to the Republican Party today that Reagan and you know, I know folks know neither you or I were big fans of, of Reagan, but it was his characteristic to have kind of a sunny, hopeful quality uh, to the way he saw the country. And that's just not true today. Yeah. And that's a it's a big change. So you're moving away from, you know, the the, the Reagan view of the world, which is, yes, an American first Clearly, that's it. But these dudes aren't really American first. They're white Christian nationalist first, because it doesn't feel like they support the multiculturalism and the, you know, open arms of our shores that past Republicans would have supported. And, and I think that that's not good for the country, you know, grievance politics is not good, but also this, um, we get to decide what you read, what you do with your bodies, what kind of religion you practice. It's not just that it's unconstitutional, it's not American, but it's not good for the country we are. I mean, the United States is a multicultural, large, sprawling, crazy kind of place. And you have to have your leaders understand and embrace that. And unfortunately, they don't. No, they don't. And, I, you know, both you and I always kind of go back to the politics of it. But looking at this with both Pompeo and DeSantis, I think we're seeing a clear signal that they do not intend to embrace the center. They intend to run exclusively towards the base, which is what Donald Trump did. You, you get the base enabled. You get the base excited and you let them know, I am going to stand between you and the coming wave of brown people and I'm going to further our cause. And if people try and put African-American heritage in the minds of our kids, I'm going to I'm going to stop that. And but I, do you think that sells, John? I mean, outside of the base, which is not enough to elect someone nationally you could but, get the nomination yeah. but you can't win the presidency i they must think that you can win the presidency with only the base and they i i'm guessing this that they're looking back at 2016 
and saying, no, there is an electoral college strategy that enables you, if you absolutely hold the base in key states, you can be elected president. I think they believe that. I think that's, you're probably right. But here would be the counter to that, which is that could happen once, right? You can find lightning in a bottle once. But that Americans, and I'm not talking about the hardcore base, but the um, Republicans, so we're not even going to get to the independents yet, but Republicans who did not appreciate where Trump and that extreme, extreme um, MAGA right took the country are not going to go back to voting Republican just because someone has an R next to their name. It's like, we're not going to get fooled twice. So let's say that there's a group of people who voted Trump the first time and were like, okay, I mean, he'll settle down and, you know, he's just an entertainer. And then they saw all the crazy MAGA stuff. When DeSantis presents himself, and part of what he's presenting is this, you know, we're not going to teach any black history and all, you know, all transgender people go back to the closet, all the crazy stuff he does. Many run-of-the-mill Republicans who we know are not going to vote for that. They're going to say, no, but that's not the country we live in. This is not our children's future. I think it may work in Florida, but I think DeSantis, one of the reasons DeSantis won in Florida is because how he handled the uh, pandemic. And people thought he did a really good job there. And, you know, maybe in Florida where people are outside most of the year, he did. I, I don't know that. But I don't think that 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 lean into Christianity, to anti-multiculturalism, that that plays with the, the moderate Republicans, and it certainly doesn't play with the independents. And you must win them. You know, I guess that's the question lingering out there. Uh, I would generally think that as well, that you must win the independents. I just wonder if it's not a lurking feeling uh, among the MAGA types that, no, we don't have to give up. We don't have to concede. We can do this. We can hold fast to our beliefs. And, you know, think about what the beliefs are. I think they believe some of these will cross over into the independence. I think number one in their minds is uh, immigration. I think they're just obsessed about that. And Ron DeSantis has tried to play to that. I think they are hugely focused on what's being taught in schools and the culture wars around that. Ron DeSantis has, has focused on that. I haven't really heard him on this, but I think uh, questions related to taxation, which are now taking the form incredibly of a national sales tax to replace the income tax. I think that's a big thing for well, that's how Florida is, Yeah, right? Florida yeah. doesn't have an income tax. So if he thinks he's going to sell that nationwide, um, there could be. And the other issue is crime. And this morning, as we had two mass shootings in California in a 48-hour period, I was thinking, why is it that the Democrats cannot turn this issue and run on crime? 
an anti-crime, which is an anti-gun position. You know, the Republicans ran on crime at the midterms, like, oh, the cities are full of crime and such and such, and we're all terrified to go outside. Well, you want to be terrified? How about any Joe American who's afraid to go to the mall now because you don't know who's got a gun? And it doesn't matter if you're in a very liberal state like California or Illinois or New York, because all people have to do is cross a border. I, I think that it's all those issues that you named that they're going to run on have great counters on from the progressive side. And one, I think, is the gun issues I just said. The second thing is an education issue, which is that, you know, these issues, the way we do it, are left to local boards. And you don't want the federal government coming in and telling you you can't teach X, Y, and Z, right? That's a, that's a, a nationally, that's how we feel about it. And the other issue on the immigration issue, did you hear this past week that China is losing population for the first time? Ever, yep. You know, yep. and so, and part of this is the result of the one child policy. And I read an article yesterday as, do you remember back, I think it was in the 40s or something, a guy whose name was like Methuselah or something, and yep. he had this theory. And what he didn't consider in his theory was the technology of reproductive, you know, whether it's a birth control pill or other reproductive um, uh, stuff. Mm -hmm. And so what's happened is not what he protected, which is like overpopulation, now we're worried about underpopulation, and the United States is very well situated to manage that because of immigration, because we have a country that can accept outsiders, integrate them, and use them for our future. Whereas China, Japan, Japan has had this problem for 40 years or 30 years, right? Because it's such an insular country, and it's hard to move there, right? They don't accept immigrants, but we do. So there are ways to ha to discuss these things for average Americans go, oh, oh, the crazy Republicans, they don't have that right. And I think that is what, what we need, John, is really good strategists and really good messengers of that. And what I'm afraid for 2024 is we have neither. <laughs> no. Certainly not Biden, which is a whole other conversation. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we say a lot of times we need a younger generation of candidates. We need people to look forward. And, you know, I'm a big Joe Biden fan. I think he's done a heck of a job. But I do think somebody, uh, Joe Biden is older than me by several years. Joe Biden was born during the Second World War. I know the world that Joe Biden grew up in. And as I meet with my students, I'm very aware it, the world I grew up in is not the world they're growing up in. It is different. It absolutely is different. And somebody who has some vision about the future of climate, future of immigration, the future of technology, and how that integrates to our life is really somebody we need. It is. And we'll talk about that next time because, yeah, it's a very important issue. So, all right. And, and very complicated, you know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's uh, like one of our nephews said, I try and I try, but it's very hard. <laughs> exactly. All right. Right. Talk Bye. to you. 
Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.